Meredith Arthur, founder of Beautiful Voyager and chief of staff of Pinterest. Can you tell me a little bit about your own mental health journey? Happy to. I um, it was a it was a bit of a surprising journey, actually. Uh, one that I did not know I was on for most of my life. I was in my four. I was in my late thirties, about to turn forty, when I was diagnosed with uh, generalized anxiety disorder. It was in the middle of a bunch of startups, so I had been at many startups in a row and uh, definitely exacerbated the situation. And I went to see my neurologist who said, I see so many people in Silicon Valley that have very similar things going on, but many of them won't listen to me. (laughs) She said, they just won't listen. Now, I definitely listened because this was information I didn't have about myself. So being diagnosed was a big moment for me and it changed what I ended up focusing on in my work as well. So Soon after that, I started Beautiful Voyager because I didn't feel that my my feelings around the topic weren't well represented in what I was seeing online at that time. So I I was filled with curiosity. I was I was excited and interested. I didn't feel any stigma. I felt like the topic was really interesting, and and I didn't see a lot of visuals that represented how I felt about it. So I wanted to. Um, see if there were other people who felt the way I did. Like maybe I didn't get diagnosed because the word worry didn't relate to how I thought about things. I mean, I thought I was just problem solving. So just a really interesting journey. Um, So now I'm 48. So it's been eight years since that moment and um, have just continued to learn about these topics and been lucky enough to work in the space of technology and creativity and emotional well-being and uh, continue to work on Beautiful Voyager like outside of my day job. And it's been a, a really interesting, fascinating journey. And I get to meet really cool, interesting people like you. How is writing books, uh, how does that help your healing process as well? Yeah, writing is crucial for me to understanding the world and it always has been even when I was a little kid I stopped writing for a bunch of years because I was comparing myself literally to Nobel Prize winners so I started my career in book publishing and I got to work with some of the most amazing writers ever and I thought wait I'm never going to be Gunter Grass so maybe I shouldn't write which is wrong 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 because we all have different angles and different um, insights to share, Um, which again was like one of the purposes of Beautiful Voyager was to be like, hey, I bet all of you have figured, you in the world have, other overthinkers have figured out things I haven't, please teach me. So I think that when it comes to writing, there's something that I've been digging into lately, which is this idea of a narrative relational home. And this is something I've been reading about in trauma research that like there are two levels of healing that everyone is on when it comes to this work. And one is physical. So like literally working on your nervous system and understanding what's happening to your body in those moments of anxiety or whatever it may be. For me, the world is, you know, I understand the anxiety world best, but so I know the nervous system and the anxiety. And then the second level is narrative. So making sense of the world around you and and making sense of it in a way that is as honest and authentic as possible. That's what makes yeah. it work. So it's not just telling yourself a story about what it is, but like 
getting feedback from others and being seen by others to like be 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 really like real about what you're experiencing and that narrative part I think is where the writing comes in so for a lot of my life I always felt like wow do, do other people experience what I experience like is this just me what's happening here and writing is a place where I can work on that and sort of help to figure that out because by the way some of it is just me and some of it is very much shared with others so um I would say that I approach writing around the topics I don't understand. That's like how, where I go with it to try to make sense of it. What are some of the advice would you give any uh, someone going through a tough time? I've gone through many different eras where I did not know how to communicate what I was experiencing. My hardest moments have been almost beyond language. Like I didn't, know how to say this is this is what's happening right and I, I assume that when somebody is in a really tough moment they aren't necessarily understanding how to make sense of it and they don't know how to communicate it um I I think that the first step is knowing that you need to take it one day at a time I mean it's like every piece of um cliched advice you've ever heard is true and actually I've always been really interested in seeing recovery like addiction and recovery loops as well are very similar in that you know you hear that one day at a time for Alcoholics Anonymous and like give power up to a higher power for me the idea is you're not in control of everything right like sort of accepting that you cannot control what's happening necessarily there are some things you can control a lot you cannot so accepting the limits of your own control and knowing that in part, you may just have to be getting through this period of time. Hopefully in the future, there'll be a time where you can make more sense of it, but it's sort of like, you're just trying to get through it and not putting so much pressure to solve everything at once, right? Like, you, you know, it depends on what that hard time is. Everyone is like, has different different levels of that. But I, I think the other thing is just to, to as much as it's beyond language to try to find someone or a couple of people that you could try to articulate what's happening and, and listen to them when they give you feedback about it. So it's not just like, this is horrible. What am I going to do? And going down into rumination loops, but it's like trying to almost look at yourself from the, from the outside and articulate to people that you trust to hear if what you're saying makes sense, like try to listen to yourself the way a friend you would listen to a friend. Does that make sense? <laughs> yes, that makes sense. So how does it feel for you when, you know, you hear from people who are reading your blog and they can relate? I mean, it's incredible, incredible. Like, you know, I, that is, that is the magic. That is magical. The idea that when I, when people write me about my book and somebody wrote me yesterday and said, I feel safe when I have the book with me. I was, I mean, I, my heart was so full because literally there is nothing else I would want someone to feel with that book than that, that, that like feeling understood by me as the writer, um, and connected, I think there's something incredibly magical about the idea that we can connect with each other 
simply through words or through mm -hmm. art without actually knowing each other. Because I used to think, oh, I'm going to have to talk to each individual person in the world about this topic. Like, I'm just going to have to, like, tell each person how I see this. But writing allows you to have this artifact out in the world that, like, connects you with however many people you're lucky enough to reach. So, you know, it's I it's the most healing thing I can ever imagine is having people say, I really understand this. I really connected with this. And, and I get to hear from a lot of people, also podcast listeners, like there's so many different mediums to yeah. reach people. And it's, and, and, you know, I think understanding that writing is the act of writing, but it's also like this sitting and, and, and understanding and the digesting of what's happening as well. Like I always say, like, you don't have to just sit and be a writer in order to have those insights and, but the the sharing of them and then the other people getting it and and responding that's unbelievable i mean it's the best for me i was uh diagnosed with bipolar disorder too when i was uh 37 so about uh yep. 4 years ago there you so go it felt like i had that aha moment like yes. everything all makes sense what that's was right. your aha moment yeah. like same, same for me, age 39. It was the moment that the neurologist, okay, so I went in to see this neurologist. I had seen her before and I had all these notes and I had all these pill bottles and, you know, I was showing her and going through everything. And I was very animated as I can be very animated. And I was telling her like, I really think we need to research the vagus nerve because the vagus nerve is this really important. And I, and I'd love to know what my vagal tone is. And I, I could just, I didn't, I wasn't aware of how hopped up I was, but she saw it and said to me, I think I know what's going on. And this is a, a woman in her sixties who's seen a lot of different people. And, you know, she spotted something that the therapists had not, I had gone to five different therapists who just didn't see it. I think cause I was so high functioning or something. And uh, so when she said it, I also really heard her and it was exactly as you said from your experience like whoa okay thank you keys to my brain now it all makes sense and like a lot of things that were like subtle messages that I had had throughout my life like being obsessed with the work of Albert Brooks who's like extreme like this 70s film director who's you know has very neurotic like <laughs> approach to his work I always felt like, oh, he gets it. He gets it. But like, I never put together what, what does he get? You know, like what, what is it? And uh, so I don't know. I mean, you probably felt the same way, right? You were just like, yeah. thank you. Finally, I get it. Yes. I was always like, what's the deal? I'm, you know, I'm all <laughs> over the place. Deal? I'm angry and yeah. you know, sad, whatever it is. Yes. And then once I did, and once you know, I got the the right treatment and great family support and all that, you know, it, it changed my life. It's always, I wish I knew younger, but. I know that's, so that's a really interesting thing. You know, whenever I think about like, why are you, why am I spending all this time on this beautiful voyage or why am I spending all this time? And it's, it's really like trying to reach the younger version of me, yeah. um, which you probably feel the same way, right? It's just yeah. like, yeah. Hey, why didn't I know this before? I would really love, it's hard to reach the people that don't know. Like usually when you're, you know, it's hard to create something 
with my audience in my mind is like, hey, who is that person that doesn't yet know? Who is the Meredith of age 32 that like could use this information, right? And um, it's hard because usually like when you're making digital stuff, people are searching and that's how they find it, right? So it's like, you have to like beat the system of the search to help somebody who doesn't even think that way yet to understand. That's always been one of my hardest hardest parts of the work is to like reach the person who's as skeptical and unaware as I was. What are some of the things that motivate you? I'm motivated by discovery. I'm certainly motivated to write by hearing from and connecting with others and having a new breakthrough. So as you can tell, I already mentioned this relational home thing. That's because I'm fascinated by it. Like, this is like, wait, is this, is this something that, you know, when everyone else says talk therapy, talk therapy, like, is this actually what they're looking for? Is this relational home? And like, what if we could, the, the young Meredith would understand this. It like, if you had told me like, Hey, you need to have like this narrative understanding and you need to have a physical understanding. I would have been like, okay. And so when I, when I finally, when it clicks, when something clicks in my head, I want others to have that too. Cause I know there's a reason it doesn't for them the same way yeah. it didn't for me, you know, that's very motivating for me. It, I feel like I have something to say, like ever since my diagnosis day, which was eight years ago, I've had something to say. <laughs> I'm like, I got a lot to say here. <laughs> no, it's big. And some people, you know, the, the fear of not knowing or thinking it's bad or anything like that. So someone like you who are, who is open and succeeding in life, you know, helps hugely. I mean, I, I, I am genuinely so curious and interested. And I always say the people that I love working with, the people that I love to be friends with are people that have um, have gone through things and come out the other side. There's a lot of wisdom in there. I actually would love people working in jobs to understand that, like, if you were to Google someone and find that they had written on these topics, that is not someone to red flag. It's someone to be like, oh, they fi- they're figuring things out. They figured this out. They know how to navigate their emotions, which is super important for being great at work, by the way. Like, you know, you see people that haven't gone through anything or haven't sort of come out the other side of, of navigating emotions and they're, they can be very hard to work with. Um, so I, I just think, you know, sort of reframing for people, how to think about these topics feels like a mission for me. It's definitely something that gets me up every day to work on this stuff. Where do you want to see your mission in the next, say, three to five years? Yeah, I love the question. Thank you. I um, There are some boulders I would like to move. And um, one of those boulders is the notion of breakdowns. So I think it's a very antiquated notion, this idea that someone had a nervous breakdown, right? We don't even have new language for that. Like people talk about um, an anxiety event or a depressive episode, right? But like, you'll talk to your parents or aunt and uncle and somebody will have had a nervous breakdown. But what does it mean? Like we haven't, it's like very 
old and out of step right. of how we talk about these things. So I'm, I'm, I, that's a boulder I would like to move. I would like to be like, let's talk differently about breakdowns because I had one in my twenties that I did not acknowledge, didn't understand, did not lead to a diagnosis, didn't lead to any change in my behavior. And like, I, that could have taught me something. So that's a boulder. Another boulder that I'm really interested in is helping people have access to strategies that work. And I am very lucky because I get to work with some incredible people on a project called How We Feel. How We Feel is a free emotion tracking app um, that is spearheaded by the founder of Pinterest, Ben Silberman, who I get to work with on this. And its goal is to bring emotional literacy tools to everyone in the world. It's free. So it's like, th these are things that actually would normally cost a lot of money. Like that is a very powerful mission to me. And so the idea of like, what if there were millions of strategies there are not yet, but like, imagine if there were millions of strategies in this app and imagine if they were upvoted or they had like a lot of feedback where you were like, oh, you know what? Other overthinkers seem to do these five things. And these five things are very helpful for them. Like there's so much information and data. So that's like a, a boulder I'm super interested in. Um, and in general, uh, helping people get over their addiction to news is something that like has been sticking in my craw from like, like only increasingly where I'm watching the behavior of you know, people working on their emotions through watching news, like inflaming themselves and like tribalism and all this stuff. And I'm, if I could do anything to put a dent in that, I would be so happy. So I have a lot of these different things that are, that are like all really meaty, um, you know, and I, and also like creativity is a tool to help yourself, um, navigate the challenges of life like even if you don't think you're creative anyway I could go on and on I have about a million of these themes but yeah <laughs> I like what you said about news because I actually worked in broadcasting as a newscast director for what well, like over 15 years and to be honest it, it's brutal hearing these stories over and over and over again it it is tough and it does take a toll Yes. on people watching or creating it. I agree. agree. One of my close, my best friend was in, was at NBC news for many, many years. And, you know, I just, I watched the cycle and everything she went through. And, and then you see, you know, your friends and family and watching news all the time and what it leads to. And I just think it's one of those things people don't realize, like they, they think it's good for you. There are a lot of myths I would like to bust. One of them is news is not good for you. Like this idea that like, oh, I, but I need to be informed. It's like, I don't, I don't think that you're risking being informed by watching like two hours of news a day. Like that's, you're not at risk of that. Like we're in a hyper-connected world now. I don't know. So bugaboos. <laughs> well, it depends on, you know, informed of, stories that actually matter to you or is it just things that just make you irritated yeah you're right and i do think that um learning to go deep on a few things and learning for like your trusted places as opposed to just like emotion entertainment like i i feel like there should be 
phrases for people that are just surfing on their emotions by watching a ton of news and getting angry. Like that's a, that's something I see people do. Like, is it an outlet? It doesn't seem healthy anyway. Interesting. Well, you talked uh, about where you work uh, Pinterest and then the app as well. What is it like working for a place that is mental health forward thinking? It's uh, a treat. It's very lucky, but even at places that are doing great on the topic, it's we're still very early in these topics. Like as a world, as a culture, if you're talking about American culture or, you know, a global culture, even more so, there is there is not always shared language. There is like really different points of view across generations. Um, so I would say that you know, I've been so, so lucky to get to work with the two founders of Pinterest closely. I was hired by one of them, Evan, and I work with the other Ben on, on how we feel and they're visionary people. I mean, there's a reason Pinterest is different than a lot of the other platforms that are out there. Um, and finding, you know, for everyone, like anyone, no matter what your job is, no matter what you do, like finding the people that you admire that you're like, you're doing something interesting. I want to be near you. Like <laughs> that alone is such a gift. Like I have a little notes app that is on my computer where it's just creative heroes, my creative heroes. And I just like keep that list growing all the time because just knowing like, Hey, you admire these people. These are like people that exist in the world. Like it fills you with a lot of energy. So to answer your question, um, I feel very lucky to work where I do, mostly also because I'm working with people that are on that list, like I, that I feel like I'm I'm learning from. 